0: By the king, that makes my heart want to sing. And uh, because that's what we're looking at today, we're looking at marked by love, that we as Christians, we are marked by love, we are marked by his love, and that makes our hearts want to sing. So, and uh, there it is. So we're going to start, I'm going to read verse 10 here from 1 John. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. As we said, so what marks the children of God? It would be so easy, right, if there was just a tangible mark of the good and the evil, Um, but it's not that way. And I remember uh, reading uh, a Bernstein Bear book to my children that we got from the library, and and it's... it's where Sister Bear has to learn why she can't just go talk to every stranger. She's very friendly, and she wants to go talk to every stranger she meets. And just, hi, hi, how are you? I'm so-and-so. And, you know, and her parents must help her to understand. You, you can't just go talk to every stranger you meet because some of them are bad apples. That, that's the way they explain it in the Berenstain Bear book. Some of them are bad apples. You can't tell by looking at them if they have Good intentions are bad. And uh, for the adults, uh, Solzhenitsyn, Solzhenitsyn, fun word to pronounce there, Alexander Solzhenitsyn said it this way, the line separating good and evil passes not through states, nor between classes, nor between political parties either, but right through every human heart and through all human hearts. And what is in your heart will show itself in your life that's where it shows and the children of god are marked by love they love one another they love like christ and they love because god loves them please pray with me god as we just prepare to hear your word uh, may you open our hearts to be ready to receive it to be open to receiving your word uh, that you may strengthen our faith And give us grace by your son, that you may turn us from evil and turn us to good. And turn us to you most of all, that we might find life and hope in you. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Our text is from John 3, and I already read verse 10, so we're going to continue verses 11 through 20. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning Abide in him. Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. And you might have picked up that on the, when, as we read this, there's a phrase that repeats throughout By this we know, by this we know, by this we know God, his children, and their love. And this knowledge is meant to strengthen your faith and reassure your heart and give you certainty. John wants you to know that you are a child of God in spirit and in truth. And so first of all, John teaches us that the children of God love one another. And very basic and straightforward, right? Verse 11, for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And this was Jesus teaching from the very beginning, right? Uh, John 13, 34 through 35, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So this is the mark of the children of God. And uh, this love has meant a lot to me, the, the love of the people of God. And um, one of the big ways it meant a lot to me was um, every time we would move. Because growing up, I moved every two to three years for my dad's Navy career, and we always had to find a new church. And finding a church that loved us, that, that helped a lot with all these moves. But one time, it was very crucial to me and my family. And that's when my mom was diagnosed with cancer. And we had just moved, and I was, I was 16 years old, and we had just found this church like two months earlier, Atonement Free Lutheran Church. And when my mom got diagnosed, they treated us like we had lived there forever. Like we like we were always part of their family. And they loved us, they were with us through my mom's treatments and through her passing away and through our grieving, and their love that they showed us. I mean, the love of God's people for one another has meant a lot to me. So that love, that is the mark of God's children. And John here, he explains that that it's the nature of God's children. He explains this through the story of Cain and Abel. And uh, Cain and Abel, is he begins in verse 12 here. He says, we should not be like Cain who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And Cain is like the most extreme opposite of love, right? I mean, Cain, killer, Cain was a killer. He murdered his brother. But he's also a very interesting example for us. And, and the story in Genesis 4 here is, is very brief and to the point. It says, In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your, your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is it's crouching at your door. Its desire is, is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Of course, Cain did not rule over it. His e- anger was that invisible seed of evil, and his anger became rivalry and hatred and finally murder. And so, friends, John, John's clearly saying, don't be like, he's not saying simply don't murder. I think we all would agree with that right away, right? <laughs> he's saying don't be like, the spirit of Cain. Don't let resentment become hatred. Don't, let, give that, don't give that a place in your heart because that is not the, cha- the nature of God's children. It is the nature of the children of the devil. And verse 12 continues. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. So Cain, Cain was of the evil one, and the evil in his heart resented Abel. He resented Abel so much that he killed him. Now, if if Cain had been a child of God, he would have rejoiced that God loved Abel. And the question for us, do you rejoice when someone else is loved and recognized? I think we all would admit, hey, that's often hard <laughs> for us. When someone else is getting love and recognition, it's hard not to feel like, man, I wish I was up there getting that <laughs> recognition. We admit it's, it's, it's hard for us. But we love one another because mutual love is a char- characteristic of God. Because in God, there is, he is a trinity, the triune God, and within God... Between God, the Father, and God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, there is perfect mutual love. There's perfect harmony. These three are one, three distinct persons, but one God. And in this divine mystery, there is perfect mutual love, love for one another. And so it's the nature of the children of God to be like God, to love God and to love anything that's like him. And now when we think about people, we love all people because humanity is made in God's image. But we especially love those who have been born again in Christ Jesus because the Spirit of God lives in them and shines in their life. And we think, too, there's, there's no rivalry in God's Spirit, as we said earlier, and, but Rivalry is, I think, hard for all of us here. It's hard for us because that old nature dies hard. It's so easy to make comparisons, to compare ourselves to others, and then let that comparison become resentment. And we could resent someone else because of their skills, or because of their success, or their good looks, or the things they have, or just because of their personality. And you think about all those things, all those things are good things. It's, it's It's a twisted thing to resent someone else for good things. So friends, don't resent one another. Don't resent other people because that's not the nature of the children of God. That's the nature of the children of the devil. Cain hated Abel because Cain didn't really love God. He loved only himself. And that's why his face fell and he was so angry when his offering was not accepted. He loved himself. He wouldn't accept correction. And it's the nature of the children of the devil to hate those who are righteous, to hate correction. Verse 13 in our text here says, Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. Don't be surprised that the world hates you. The unrighteous want to justify themselves, and we've all experienced that when we've done something wrong and't want it to, you know, we don't want it known. <laughs> we don't want to be told that. We want to justify ourselves. And the righteousness of, in someone else, the righteousness of another, that reveals their own wickedness, and so they hate it. So don't, don't be surprised. The world mocks the holiness that. God calls you to follow. Well, the world especially hates a sinner who repents. Because a sinner who repents with once an open sinner like them and their repentance, their turning away from sin, well, that condemns the wickedness of all the others. So the the world hates that and will hate those who follow righteousness because that is the nature of evil. It's what evil does. But we, we love one another because that's the nature of God. And we especially then need to show that love to those who have turned from sin and are walking away from it. They especially need our, our acts of, our showing of love and support because they're trying to walk away from that. And in First John here, there's also then a word of comfort for us here. Verse 14, we know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. And this is the next, by this we know. By this we know we have passed from death to life. We were one way, but now we're another. Our hearts were once under the power of evil, but now they are, are set free. To serve God with love. It's the nature of the children of God to love one another. So the obvious question is, well, do you love your brothers and your sisters in Christ Jesus? And do you show this love? Not perfectly, because none of us are perfect, right? We, We don't do this perfectly yet. But John says, we know, we know, we have full confidence that we have passed from death into life. You have been born again. And Jesus talked about this in in John chapter three. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So if you believe in Christ and love his disciples and turn from evil, then take comfort. You have passed from spiritual death into spiritual life. The children of God love one another. And and this is different than the worldly way of just loving those who love you back or just loving those who are just like you. Uh, This is a different love. We love those who belong to Jesus Christ. And that's a love that, that crosses over. We love those who belong to Jesus Christ, whether they are male or female, regardless of nationality or ethnicity. We love those who belong to Jesus. But then we look at the opposite here. Does that mean we can hate those who hate us? The world, Since the world hates us, does that mean we can hate them back? And the answer is clearly no. No, we cannot. Verse 14 and 15, whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. It's the nature of the children of the devil to hate their enemies. That's their nature. It's the nature of God's children to love one another and to offer that love even to their enemies. So if we are marked by God's love, then it must characterize us, especially when we stand up against evil, especially when we we declare the truth. And John, he draws a very clear line here between good and evil, and that murder is not love. Right? Obvious. I think no no one would dispute that. But that applies to current issues. It applies to the current issue of, of abortion, because the killing of innocent human life is wrong. Therefore, abortion is wrong, and it is that simple. So, how do we, you know, how do we stand up to this? Then, well, we we proclaim the truth, we propose a better way in God, and we do this always in a spirit of love. And so, like all of you, looking back to 10 10 days ago, I I rejoice that Roe versus Wade has been overturned. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm so glad that that has ended. But we're rejoicing and celebrating the sanctity of human life. We're We're not rejoicing or celebrating the defeat of an enemy. We're rejoicing in the sanctity of human life. And our rejoicing should be marked by that. It shouldn't be remarked by any sort of gloating, or any sort of rubbing it in anyone else's faces. It should be a celebration of, of life. And we shouldn't resent or hate those who defend abortion. And that's, that's very hard because of how evil that is. Well, we said murder is not love. But we can't stand up to that and then resent those and because we, can't, we don't want to be marked by that hate and resentment ourselves. Even if some of those who defend abortion, even if they rage back against us or threaten us with violence, no Christian should do the same back. The children of God are marked by love, not by hate. And we want to look really closely at this love then. What, what kind of love is this? What is this love like that we're marked by? And the children of God love like Christ. We love like Christ loves. Verse 16, by this we know love. By this we know love. That he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So here in this verse, Christ is set for us as an example. By this we know love. Christ crucified for you. And this is what the Apostle Paul was writing about in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3-8. through eight. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who... And I, I wasn't going to originally say this, but I as I was reading this again, I just couldn't help but thinking about my daughter's birth last week. And I, and I was there in the room for the whole thing as I was for all three of my children. And I mean, just thinking about Jesus, it says, being born in the likeness of men. And that birth I observed, which all you parents probably too have observed, Jesus was born in the same way <laughs> He uh, we went through the same thing. He was just like us. He came into our world just like that, and I and I was just struck by that again. The, the, God coming to us, in Jesus, was full. He fully <laughs> shared the human experience with us. He was born in the same way, and uh, that just is much more real to me <laughs> right now. <laughs> um, so as as I read that there. But I want, I want to think about what does that tell us then about Christ and, and the nature of his love for us. On well, the love of Christ, that thinks of others first. Christ sacrificed himself. He laid down his life. He freely gave what he had for others. He didn't stay up in heaven holding on to his eternal glory and majesty. Not that he could lose it, but, you know, but he didn't stay up there with it. He, he came to us. And he shared our burdens to give us relief. He laid down his life so that you can live. And that's the attitude of Christian love. It is, it is a humble love. Because you know Christ laid down his life for you. It's not, never a superior love. Like, oh I have so much and I'm so wise. Let me help you, you poor little thing. You know, that that's not, shouldn't be the attitude <laughs> of our love. It's a humble love. Because you know you've been given so much. You know you were helpless against the evil in your heart. You couldn't kill it or cast it out, but Christ did that for you. And because he died for you and freely given you everything he has, you have everything in Christ Jesus. Scripture says, you know, we, we, he's given us all. every heavenly riches and glory in Christ Jesus are yours. And so because of that, you can freely offer whatever good you have, to help someone else whether whether that is a big thing or or little thing i I think a lot of times we think we have to help someone in a really big way um but jesus celebrated you know the tiniest gift a gift of cold water a gift of a penny he celebrated those if they were given truly from the heart with sincerity so whether small or little and sometimes the smallest thing is is what the other person needs that day is is just the smallest gift a kind word or help help something helpful and i think wow how many times have i not done something small because i didn't think it mattered because i didn't think i mattered and but that small act actually could have made the biggest difference in that person's day so we lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters in christ not by literally dying for them but by helping them with our lives Verse 17 and 18 If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or or talk, but in deed and in truth. And this doesn't mean don't love with your words or talk, (laughs) because That kind of that encouraging word, sharing the gospel, sharing the truth, that is loving. But he's saying, don't just talk about all the ways that you love, but never actually love. (laughs) Um, Don't boast about your love with all your talk about your love. Actually love. And so because God's love is lived out. He does not love us secretly, you know, hidden up in his heart, up in heaven. God comes to us. And he comes to us in how he provides for us in in daily provision. He comes to us in his word. And he comes to us in the incarnate Christ who came and and lived as one of us and was crucified for us. God's love had action and therefore your love needs to have action. It's not a love hidden in your heart that never shows itself. It is the nature of love that it acts. There must be good works because love is for others. It's not for yourself. Love without action, without word or deed is, is a dead love because love isn't for you. Love in action is for your neighbor. Your neighbor needs your love. So if you see your brothers and sisters in need, And you can help, but you decide not to help. You close, then you are closing up your heart against them. And God's love is not living in you in that moment. And I'm I'm so glad to see that there are so many Christian ministries that are showing this love. They, They run to the problem, not away from it. And many of you are aware of these, but I want to highlight them again here. I mean, Samaritan's Purse does disaster relief in the United States and internationally. And right now they're, they're in Ukraine in the war zone. This picture is from, from Samaritan's Purse aid, disaster relief aid in Ukraine. Um, but there's also other you know, wonderful organizations like Compassion, Inter- Compassion International and others like it that bring food and education to children in third world countries. And we think you can. I mean, any major city, any even you know any city, you will find churches who are running food shelves and shelters and pregnancy resource centers. And across the nation, there's ministries for family resources and housing resources and, and foster care and drug rehabilitation and and on and on. If there's a problem, there's a church and a ministry trying to do something about it. And almost all of these are supported by free will giving and by an army of volunteers, and, and they need our ongoing continued support. I mean, we shouldn't ever forget that. They, those organizations, and those ministries, and the ministries here in our own states and cities, they need our, our ongoing support, and they, they are showing that love of Jesus in very tangible ways, and, um, but I also want to say that, you know, in a the Pregnancy Resource Centers especially need our ongoing support in a post row era. And, and I can't predict how that's going to change in every state, you know, and how policies are going to unfold or change in every state. Some of them might hardly change at all. Some of them are going to be big changes. More important thing is, is our own attitude and our own support to decide that we're going to have the church be, to be ready to demonstrate love in action, whether that's to... Men and women, mothers and, ch- and babies, children, people of all ages. That's what we need to be committed to, however that looks. But it looks, as I said, however it looks, <laughs> like Christ's love for us. And I have to admit that as I was compa- preparing this, I felt rather convicted because I don't think I would always know... <laughs> how to connect a person in need with this, all this help I just talked about. Um, some of it I might, but a lot of it I wouldn't quite know where to start. Um, and, and I could cut myself some slack, you know, because I just moved here, and, and I'm still networking and figuring all this out. But I need to be intentional about it. I need to make it a point to, to make that list, to learn what these things are, to know how to help a person in need, be connected with that help? And that, I think that's a good question for all of us, for each of you. you know, it, it's great that we financially support these ministries, but would you know how to connect a needy person with that help? And if you don't, well, what can you, what can you do to, to prepare? Because you, you can't do everything. You, know, you don't have to necessarily be that help. You, if there's some help you can't do, but do you know how to connect them with it? But also, there is help you can do and should do. Because there's help that only you can do. Because these ministries can't be everywhere for everyone all the time. Uh, There's some things that only the church can do, that only you can do. There's some help that's best done neighbor to neighbor. You can't pay someone else to live out your love. So to love like Christ, you must love in word and in deed. And... I want to encourage you that you can do this. And the reason you can do this is because you are loved by God. As we said earlier, we said earlier you are loved by the king, and, and that makes your heart want to sing. You are marked by God's love, and because you are marked by his love, you love like he loves. Verses 19 through 20. By this we know, by this we shall know, that we are of the truth, and reassure our heart before Him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and He knows everything. There will, will be days when your heart condemns you. When your heart, your conscience reminds you, tells you that you have not loved your brothers and sisters in Christ, that you maybe you resented them or even despised them. And there'll be days when your heart condemns you because you realize you saw someone in need, you could help, and you said no, and you closed your heart to them. And when your heart condemns you on those days, it's, it's very easy to question yourself, to question your faith, to question whether you're really born again. And on those days and against those doubts, God has reassurance for you. God offers his word that says, God is greater than your heart and he knows all things. God's word over you is greater than your heart. God is greater than the doubts in your heart and he is greater than the sin in your heart. 1 John 1 verse 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just To forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And later in chapter 4, verses 9 through 13. I love these verses. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. Among us. That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And Martin Luther said, we do not become righteous by doing righteous deeds, but having been made righteous, we do righteous deeds. So the, when your heart condemns you because you realize that killer Cain is still There in your heart. Remember, the killer cane in your heart is overcome by Christ crucified for you. You have been made righteous in Jesus Christ. In him, all your sins are forgiven. They are washed away. You are clean. Our assurance is not from how perfectly we live out this love. Our assurance is God's love for us in Jesus Christ. God loves you, and you are marked By his love. So the Apostle John here, he is not saying, be better Christians, or, you know, love harder, (laughs) or, you know, put that love into action more, try harder. He is saying, look at what God has done for you. Look at the nature of God's love. Look at his love for you. Look at Christ who laid down his life for you. That's The nature of that love, that's the love that's been put in you. That's the love that has marked you. That's the love of His Holy Spirit that dwells in you. That love is the love that's in you. He's given you His Holy Spirit, and that is the spirit of love and truth. And genuine love for one another comes from His Holy Spirit. So if you see resentment in your heart, that's not a cause for doubt or despair. It's a cause for repentance, and confession. We should turn from what we know is is hate and death and evil because that's the nature of the devil. And we should turn to God and to what is love and life and righteousness. We turn to God trusting in Jesus and what he's done for us. God loves you with a relentless, sacrificial love. And by this, you know you are his child by what Christ has done for you. And because God has loved you and marked you as his child, you can love one another and you can love as Christ has loved. And to all this, we say, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Amen. Please pray with me. Dear God, thank you for the gift of your love to us in your son, Jesus Christ. And we, we confess that we, we stumble in many ways every day. And we have resentment and envy and, and in our hearts. And pray that you would protect our hearts against hate and evil. That we would recognize this for what it is and turn from it. Um, not, we, we turn from it out of, out of love for you. And out of gratitude to you for the love you have given us. And we would pray that we would not look to ourselves and trust in ourselves, but that we would trust in you and the work Christ has done for us and the nature of the love of your spirit who dwells in us. May we go forth with joy and gratitude, trusting in you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.